Hello and welcome to another episode of A Composer's Journey and Happy New Year. So I want to talk about New Year's resolutions, which is really the idea of what new habits, what new systems or habits or lifestyle am I going to take on in the new year? And I have a couple of thoughts in mind, but I have one really big New Year's resolution which I want to share with you and which may influence yours. And that is to compose music every day or six days a week. And when I say compose, I don't just mean literally creating music. I also mean the all the things that go along with composing. So with modern composing, often you're having to produce things, you're having to carefully tinker with MIDI, and you've got to mix things too. You've got to do all this audio engineering. So all of that. But you've got to do that kind of thing, modern composing, every single day or six days a week. The reason I say six days a week is because sometimes there's always just going to be, you know, one day every now and again where you're just absolutely packed and there's no way you're going to get it done. And I think that by saying six days a week, you may well wind up doing seven days a week anyway, but by doing six days a week, if you miss a day every now and again, it's not the end of the world. You haven't ruined your streak. You haven't ruined your New Year's resolution and it's it's, I, you know, six days a week is fine. And also, I do think that having that one day off per week is often just mentally very good for you. It's often refreshing. It gives you more momentum for the marathon in the long run. So why have I chosen Compose every day? I just want to talk about the models that have influenced me to decide to do this and also why I think it's a really good idea. So for starters, there are models, you know, John Williams great film composer. He says he would compose six days a week when working on a project. He would write six days a week. Actually, he would write six days a week whether or not he was on a project. So even if he wasn't writing for film, he would continue to write pretty much every single day. I think he's quoted somewhere as saying, I feel as if, you know, I haven't fully given myself to the day unless I've written something out. Even if it's something short, even if it's something awful, he had to write every single day. Hans Zimmer's advice to new composers, if you look on forums or if you look on um, his masterclass and things, Hans Zimmer's advice to new composers is to compose every single day. And it also mirrors my experience. I've met a bunch of really successful and really brilliant composers through university and otherwise, and they have similar routines of doing it every single day. When I was at Cambridge University, I was in the same year, actually in the same college, in the same choir as everything, as um, a composer called Owen Park, who in the UK at least has become a really successful uh, choral composer, and rightly so. He's brilliant. He, he writes brilliant music. And I remember he was on his phone looking through his calendar, looking through his schedule, and I peeked over his shoulder, and I noticed that almost every afternoon was him was for him blocked out with large chunks for composing, you know, three or four hours every afternoon for composing. I work horribly in those hours in the afternoon, but it was interesting to see that he did schedule those large blocks of time for composing music really regularly. Uh, another composer I knew quite well in America was Joel Thompson. He's, uh, I think he's Atlanta-based now. He might still be in Connecticut, but Joel Thompson also writes a lot of choral music and orchestral music, and he's a brilliant singer as well. And so Joel and I would go on these crazy music tours, moving to the Midwest and we'd be in a different city every day, or we'd be going around Scandinavia and we're in a different country every other day. And 
most of us, we'd go down to breakfast, we'd eat our breakfast, and then we'd go out and see the town or go have a drink or something. <laughs> we'd probably not have a drink right after breakfast. But, you know, we'd, we'd go have fun. And I noticed that when we went down to breakfast in the hotel in Scandinavia, Joel would be there at a side table in the corner with his laptop composing. And yeah, he'd, he'd come out and have fun with us too. But while we were all having breakfast and having our third coffee and chatting away, he would sneak off to a corner, get his laptop out and just write music, even just for half an hour or an hour. And I remember another instance where we were all staying at a friend's house in Kansas. And this was mid-tour and everyone was exhausted. And all of us went for a nap. I remember just everyone went for a nap. We were all knackered, except for Joel, who sat in the living room composing. And I woke up an hour later after my long nap and I poked my head out the door and there he was still composing. Everyone else was knackered. He was probably knackered too, frankly, but there he was still composing. He could turn it into a habit so that even when our schedules were all over the place on these crazy music tours, on flights at random times, doing concerts at any hour, completely unpredictable schedules, he would still be doing it. And I asked him one morning, um, I walked past him in the hotel and he was composing downstairs. I said, how do you do it? How do you develop that discipline to do this every day? And he says, I have to. That was it. I have to. I just have to. So there's a study that James Clear mentions in his book, Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits, really worth reading. It's, it's about developing habits such as composing every day. It's also about breaking bad habits, but really the focus is on developing new habits that you want to develop. And the main argument of this book, Atomic Habits, is that you get exponential results. If you can do something every single day, you really see mounting exponential results compared to if you just do that thing once in a blue moon, once in a while. So there is a study that James Clear mentions in this book, Atomic Habits, about a class of photography students. I can't remember the exact details, so, so maybe my numbers will be off, but I'll tell you the study. So there were maybe 100 students in this photography class, and 50 of them are told, you need to produce one perfect photo for your end of term marks. You just need to get that one perfect photo, that one absolutely gorgeous photo, and that will dictate your final marks for the term. And the other half of the class are told, you should be taking one photo every single day, and that will go into your portfolio, and the best photos will be chosen from that collection of photos that you make. So just the, that half of the class were not trying to be perfectionist. They weren't trying to get that one perfect photo. They were just photographing something every day. And then, you know, maybe the best photo would be chosen from that portfolio of random daily photos, and they'd be marked on that. But which group do you think produced the best photos overall? Which group do you think produced the best? Do you think the students who waited and worked for that one perfect photo? Or was it the students who took photos all the time but they weren't focused on getting that one perfect shot. Well, actually, by far, the students who came out on top were the ones who were doing it all the time. Whether or not they were inspired, whether or not they were going for that one perfect shot, 
their skills just naturally progressed because they were doing it every day. And also, there might have been some element of chance as well that just because they were in the habit of taking one photo every day, some serendipitous luck came by. A deer happened to go by and they were, I mean, you know, I'm just saying, they just happened to see this perfect arrangement of flowers. And because they were in the mode of taking a photo every day, they took the photo and it turned out beautifully. Whereas had they been trying all month to get that one perfect shot, they might have missed that, you know? Sometimes luck or serendipity or inspiration comes to us because we're doing it every day. But anyway, the group that produced the best photos were the students who did it every day, not the perfectionist students who were looking for the one perfect shot. So this mirrors my own experience. In particular, I've noticed that how inspired you feel when you're writing something doesn't necessarily match how well the work actually turns out. I felt really inspired when writing music, and I've also felt sort of dead inside sometimes, or maybe dead inside is a bit far, but you know, I've also felt numb and frustrated and going through the motions when writing music. And that has very little correlation to how well the final work turns out. Generally, when I look through my portfolio, my more recent works have turned out better than the things I wrote a year or two ago. Not always, but quite often. My more recent things turn out better. Even if I felt way more inspired writing those older works. And even if I felt like the recent works were a slog, they were boring, they were a pain in the ass to write and I had no inspiration, they still often turned out better. Just because I have developed over time. The more I do something, the better I become, even if it's hard to actually quantify that progress precisely. And so it follows that the more you write, the better you'll get at the act of writing. I should say that there's another major thing I'm planning to do this year, and that is to release a course on composing. I'm not quite sure what shape that's going to take yet, but really that will be up to you. In the first iteration of this course, I'm going to be designing it with you. I'm going to be answering your questions and catering this composing course to your specific needs. So if you want to be a part of this first version and work closely with me on developing a great composing course, a composing course to beat all other composing courses, <laughs> well, I'm planning on launching it in the next month or so. It's January 2022 right now, and I'm planning on launching this first version in the next month or so. And this version will only be going out to my email list at the moment because I want a small, committed group of people to join who I can work closely with and who I can motivate to write more music and who can also help me in turn to create the best course that we can create. So at this stage, if you're interested in being part of something that pushes you to write more music, then you can join that email list at insidethescore.com slash composers. So if you're interested in being part of this course and you want to work closely with me in designing something for composers and you'll also write more music in the process, then you can join insidethescore.com forward slash composers. If you're already on the email list, that's great. You don't need to do anything. But if you're interested in this, then join the list at insidethescore.com slash composers. And there'll be a few emails over the coming month about the upcoming course. So happy new year again. Thanks very much for listening and see you next time.